Welcome back to 252 of Grid Talk. Today we're going to be discussing the 2023 calendar and which circuit, if any, is going to replace the Chinese Grand Prix for next year. I'm your host, George Housen, and joining me today we have Grid Talk co-host, Tom Downey. How are you doing, Tom? Oh, sir, I'm all right. How are you? Very well, thank you very much. Uh, but first, if you enjoy this podcast, we'd love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star review on Spotify and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts as well. If you do, you'll be automatically entered into our monthly draw to win a Grid Talk t-shirt from our champion range of merchandise. And if you're one of the 72% of people who aren't yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a little like of subscribe over on YouTube. So, Tom, so we're going to talk about uh, one of the races that surprisingly got cancelled for next year. Some people will say it's surprising, some people won't. I think it's surprising that in 2023 we've still got races being cancelled, but that's China being China, I guess. Obviously, that's not coming back again. It's been cancelled every year since 2020. But what would you like to personally see um, replace China on the calendar? Because we've got a four-week gap between Australia and uh, Baku for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. My honest opinion is I don't think we should have anything to replace it. And instead of having a four-week gap between, let me get the calendar up. I can't remember what what, what the race Australia is. and Azerbaijan. So Australia, that's it. It's a fair ways. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's that's only one way of putting it. Yeah. So looking at the calendar, we would go from uh, we we would have a race in well, what would have been China. We then have a week off. We then fly to Azerbaijan. And we then go back to back from Azerbaijan to Miami, then you know, then have a break, then then back to back to Europe, which to me makes absolutely no sense. So instead of trying to cram those logistics in, why don't we, instead of having a four week gap between Australia and Azerbaijan, why don't we? Obviously, this is subject to. Baku being you know able to do this because you know, because it's a street circuit and you know logistic all the rest of it theoretically I think that the 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 best thing to happen and the most sensible thing to happen would be we bring Baku forward a week so that gives us what three weeks off in between um, Australia and and Baku bring Baku forward a week leave Miami where it is that gives the teams that extra week to you know, to, to fly from, you know, from one, one side of the world to the other. Because bearing in mind, they'll have gone Australia back to home, which for all the teams is going to be, you know, the UK or Europe somewhere. Then staying within Europe, then going out to America. The, the toll that's going to take on people's body clocks and all the rest of it. And I know some people can say, oh, you know, except when they do this for a living. Yeah, but, you know, you do have to think about the personnel involved and all the rest of it. So... Surely it would, it would make sense if Baku can be moved a week week earlier to um, to do that and then just have one race less on the calendar. I mean, don't get me wrong, I want to see as many races as we can, but you've also got to be realistic. And there's only a finite amount of number, sorry, there's only a, a finite number of races you can fit in a season. And F1 wants to go for 25 races a year. I don't think that's going to happen. Because at some point, someone's got to give. And I wonder if that's what we're already beginning to see. It's definitely pushing things to the limit. I mean, as it stands right now, we've got 23 races, which is either the most ever or the joint most ever. I think it's the most ever because we had, we meant to have 23 this year just gone, but we ended up having 22. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you because 
they seem to be making a habit of it. It's either back to back with Miami or back to back with Canada. But for some reason, they seem to think that, oh, let's go from Azerbaijan to North America back to back. And and it's not a case of it being seven days between the races. It's not because the drivers are going to have to be there on Wednesday. So you've effectively got the packing up on the Sunday evening in Baku and they're going to need to fly straight away over to North America. They maybe get a day or two to acclimatise and then they got to go back. they got to go back to Imola two weeks after. So it's going from the edge of Europe to North America, back to Europe again. And it's a hell of a long way. And like you said, I'm sure some people will say, oh, it's the Formula One drivers. Get on with it. They paid me a lot of money. And they are, don't get me wrong, they are paid a lot of money. But what about the guys that are in the team, the hundreds of people, thousands of people who take all the teams that are being shipped to there and back, all the equipment, all the, all the everything, you know, it's, it's a lot. And... I think people that know people who work in Formula One that travel around as part of the team know how taxing it is for them. Even when they get home, they just sleep, they just rest because it's such a grueling job. Um, I think it's a dream that a lot of us have had to you know, work in Formula One, doing that, traveling the world. And sure, it seems exciting, but <laughs> it's a hell of a lot of work. I I, I don't think I could personally do it. I couldn't do what they do. It's just that much on the limit. So yeah, sanity would dictate that we... Just leave it as it is. We've got 23 races. That's a hell of a lot. But this is Formula One. Like you said, money talks. They want to push for 25 races. They want to get 24 next year if they can. The two that are being mooted the most are Turkey and Portugal. And I think out of those, Turkey would be slightly better just because of where it's positioned on the globe. It's right next to Azerbaijan, relatively. So what do you think about those two races, Tom? Because they are Istanbul Park and uh, Portimao are two circuits we have seen substitute in recent years on the calendar. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Turkey because as much as I would like to see that gap that I mentioned, that ain't going to happen. It's F1, they're going to go money, 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 and then just get another circuit in. That's ultimately what they're going to do, isn't it? Um, yeah, I should probably leave the scene for, for when I got rid of this horrible cold. Turkey, I would like to see back. Uh, I think out of the choice between the two, it's arguably the better circuit for for F1. You know, we saw two pretty decent races there, granted help by the weather. Um, you know, it rained both years, you know, because because one time we had Bottas doing his Kylie Minogue impression, you know, spinning around, <laughs> get out of my way. And then, you know, you know, when Hamilton won his you know record seventh title, and then the following year we had a we had a great scrap. Um, between Hamilton and Perez when Bottas cruised to a victory. You know, we've seen two races at Portugal, uh, at, at uh, Portimao. They've been decent. It's like a uh, Portimao for me should be on the calendar instead of Barcelona. Barcelona should, should be there for testing. I see Portimao as like a better version of Barcelona. Still not a Still not great for F1. It's it's a very, very gusty circuit, especially as you see the cars are coming over that final crest. You know, sometimes they look a bit and perhaps, perhaps a bit unsteady coming through. Logistically, sort of speaking, or, or sort of looking at the logistics side of it, again, you'd have to say that Turkey makes sense because Istanbul, the stone, so from, from Baku, it's really not too far away. I mean, you, you'd have thought that would make sense, but then... Are F1 still going to put Turkey in, have a week off, then go to Baku and then go back to back to Miami? Because that's, I mean, that, that would be better than going from China a week off to, to Baku. But there's still, but you know, I still think the week off is ultimately in, in the wrong place. But 
you also can't really change that as such because because Baku have likely um like you know sort of uh, likely locked um sort of locked those dates now, and with it being a street circuit, they can't move it as easily. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's the big thing I think for Baku. I think Formula One actually wanted to move it a week forward, um, but. If, if anybody's seen these street circuits be constructed, they they start this thing months and months in advance. I was in Singapore in, I think it was June, and the race was being held in September, and the the circuit was like half built. They was they were building it even then. So this is you know they're they're going to be preparing for that now effectively. So it would be a very hard thing for them to kind of push, you know, like a like a week forward of that. So I do I do empathise with them in that sense. I think they should definitely have the time off, but. We'll see. We'll see what happens with it. I, my gut's telling me they won't actually replace it. I've just got a feeling they just won't do it. There's not a lot of time, relatively, and these circuits. Um, I mean, they're just going to try and get as much money out of them as they can, obviously. But a lot of these circuits won't want to be paying too much. Like Turkey has always struggled for crowds. I can't imagine that Portimao's coughed up too much to be on the calendar because they've not stuck around. I mean, I've actually got the list of the all the grade one circuits in, in here and there's like there's some sort of surprising names here. There's some I didn't see coming. I mean, obviously one that I don't, I don't think anybody wants to see this come back. One circuit that we have seen drop off the calendar for 2023 is France, Paul Ricard circuit. That mm. has been on the calendar for quite a few. Yeah, that's my reaction too, followed yeah. by me rubbing <laughs> my eyes because the thing, the thing, I always say it does make my eyes bleed like it is an absolute horror show of a track. And I think Charles Leclerc would never want to go back there for obvious reasons. So I don't think we'll see Franz. I don't think we'll see Franz come up, will we? I don't, I don't really see that one kind of happening. Uh, yeah, no, I don't see Franz happening, especially given the the company which was managing the promotion, etc., of the of the race at Paul Ricard has folded, which is run by Eric Boulier. <laughs> um, yeah, that. so I really, I really can't, I really can't see that happening. Um, yeah, also, also Paul Ricard legitimately gave me a migraine after the race this year. I legitimately had to go sit in a darkened room to, to, let, to let my eyes calm down. <laughs> yeah, it's au revoir to France for Formula One for now. Uh, yeah. And I think that's a shame to be honest. With you. I mean, again, we take the mick, obviously. We, you know, we, we don't, I think we get more downloads from Iceland than we do from France. So the French audience for this show is not very big. Um, but we, I'm actually, in a way, sad to see it go because just because it's France and it's where Formula One, well, where Grand Prix racing started, I feel like they should have a great Grand Prix track there, but they just don't. They just don't. Yeah. And it's bizarre. You know, the country that invented motorsport, they've got they've got Paul Ricard, which has been butchered and you uh, insert expletive here. Uh, Manny Core wasn't bad back in the day, but can you imagine modern Formula One cars and that? It'd just be a procession. And other than that, You've got um, you've got Le Mans, which okay, great track, absolutely. But Formula One track, no. Even the MotoGP layout, I, it's just not long enough. You, don't, you won't be able to pass, really, would you? Let me let me put it to you this way: Could you imagine an Alpine engine going around Le Mans? Think about <laughs> think about the reliability. It would go bang by the time you get to the second chicane on the Mulsan Street. Alonso's would if he was yeah, still, Al- if he was still driving would. through. Is it, yeah, yeah, and then you've got this has cost me the world championship. <laughs> you, can, you can just picture it, yeah. <laughs> well, let's just go down. Let's go down this list. Obviously, we're not going to go to Russia for very obvious reasons. Thank Jeez. God for that. Yeah, that's the point. We should have been at Igora Drive this year, shouldn't we? Before. Oh Russia no! What? What? What's yeah. a shame? I'm so. Yeah. Oh no! Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. surprisingly, 
And sorry, George, go on. Yeah, surprisingly, Korea. Korea is still young. Young Nam is still a is still a mm. grade one track. And That's you know what? I didn't. I, I didn't mind that track. You know, I don't think that was too bad back in the day. But again, can't see that. Uh, Sepang. Oh, I'd love for us to go back to Sepang. That is the one I was going to say. Yeah. Do you want? Do you want to talk about Sepang for a bit? I do. Yes, please. So Sepang. Of all the Tilker's rooms we have, and I try and give Tilker the benefit of the doubt because quite often he gets given a set of guidelines that says, go and make it this circuit. Um, and he has made some great circuits, you, you know, Kota for one. Sepang is one of his better works, you know, one of his one of his best tracks. It's got enough that, that it's, it encourages good racing, but it's not all like DRS passes and, and all the rest of it. It's got a good twisty bit. You know, it's got those two long straights. It's a big, it's a big, impressive, imposing venue. Apparently, uh, for the teams, it's very good for, for for them to sort of get set up in. You know, they've got lots of room, all, all the rest of it, especially when compared to some other circuits. You know, some some of your sort of more traditional circuits. You know, Monaco, the obvious one, but even places like Spa, you know, um, you know, access can be pretty difficult, and you know, you know, Silverstone access it's, it's pretty difficult. Because when I've been up to Cotsworth for, for work and stuff, driving up the A43, um, you know, I, I can just imagine how backed up the traffic will get on that dual carriageway. You know, so, you know, so if, if you look at a um, satellite view of, of, of Sepang, you can see, like, how easy it would be. Or not easy, but, like, you know, sort of like how much room there is for, for, for teams to get in or for them to spread out. And then the actual racing. The main issue there was... They um they just had dwindling numbers because the last race was what twenty seventeen I believe yeah uh, yep it's it's mad to think that for as long as we've had halos on F one cars we haven't been at Sepang just let that sink in for a second um mm. yeah I really would like to see Sepang back plus it will give Asia that sort of that additional race as opposed to putting more races in the Middle East which F one does not need. Um, but many talks, you know. I would, I would really like to see Sepang back. It's just a good venue, good racing, and it's it's one of those ones that I think it's one of those circuits where we didn't realise how good it was until it went. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. And it, and it's something that it's something that's for a while, like Formula One before Liberty was moving hugely towards East Asia. Like there were so many races there, but there aren't many now. There's, there's not many at all. There's literally Singapore and Japan. And knowing Singapore, I wouldn't be surprised to see that race drop off eventually. There's been a lot of talk about that happening. Um, yeah. But before we had Korea, we had Malaysia. There was talks. Yeah. To, well, yeah, I mean, you get, you're getting there. And that's that was one of the venues I was actually going to mention because um, we've talked about it here on Grid Talk. I think we talked about it a couple of years ago with uh, some of our Indian friends, um, uh, with, with Dev and Sawmill and, um, and Adita. You know, we, we spoke about like Formula One potentially going back to the Bud International Circuit because it was there for three years and it just seems to have been abandoned and no one's really used it. But before we came on this show, we looked up the MotoGP calendar and there's, there's a surprise name on there, the Bud International Circuit. They're having an Indian Motorcycle Grand Prix. So they're clearly having some sort of push to get the circuit back into use because I think since Formula One left, it's just been track days and some gt races or something like that nothing nothing anywhere near that kind of scale i mean it's a very left field entry but 
if it were to come back, Tom, would you like to see it come back? Well, India? Yeah. Uh, I, I would. I would rather see um, Malaysia back on circuit, especially as I just sort of wax lyrical about it. Mm. But I think, I, I think out of the options that we've got, India is probably going to be... It, 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 in theory, it would be one of, one of the ones up there fr- from a racing perspective. But I think because of all the issues and why it dropped off the calendar before mm. the Indian government obviously declaring it as a as entertainment, not as a sport, therefore trying to levy really high taxes on it. Um, I don't think we'll see it back on the calendar, but yeah. But, but you know, put, putting that aside and just going from a racing perspective, I would uh, I would really like to see it. No, fair enough. I mean, yeah, it's not my first choice either, but I was just interested to see that it's still there and it's potentially making some sort of comeback. But yeah, there's not been any talk really of um of that being the replacement. I mean, I'm just like I'm just looking through all these all these circuits. Now, there's, there's quite a few, uh, some surprising ones on here, like I said. Um, but quite a few ones where you just think to yourself, like, like Thailand, where it's like, yeah, no, because it's not really I don't know how that's a grade one circuit because I've done that on MotoGP in the game and it is not a wide track. <laughs> that is a narrow track. I can't imagine F1 cars around there, but in theory, it could work. But yeah, be I think... Race for, be a home race for Alex Alden. Yes, exactly. Te- in a way, even though he's and, from London. And, and but... Red Bull. And Red Bull, yeah. A proper home Grand Prix for him, not, not the Austrian one. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'd be all over that. I mean, they were talking about a Thai Grand Prix. Oh, uh, not Pompey, honestly. This is this is years ago, mate. This is years ago. I don't, yeah. I don't see something like that happening, to be honest. Um, yeah, and the drivers would not really want it either because Southeast Asian races. Oh my god, sweatbox! It was it's so hot out there. You don't know until you've been out there. It's it's on another level. It's it's, it's the humidity. It does really get you. Yeah, yeah, it's not the heat; it's the humidity. You feel it in the air. Yeah, I, do. I know. I, I've I've been to the Philippines in in the height of summer, but for, for a wedding. About fifteen years ago, and uh, yeah, the uh, yeah the the heat and humidity. Bear in mind, me standing there in a barong that was bad enough. I couldn't imagine being in a full race suit under the lights. Hell. <laughs> yeah, at least you've got some sort of breeze at that point. But uh, yeah, yeah. With, <laughs> with those guys like full racing suits, helmet yeah. strapped into these cars, being chucked around at two hundred miles an hour. Yeah, with with a, with a big engine putting out all that heat behind you. <laughs> Basically, a strap to a radiator. Yeah, I, I I don't know how they do it. I have no idea how they do that. They are uh, they have my admiration, no end for that. I mean, Miami must be bad enough as well. That's pretty, that'd be a rough one for them too. So yeah, that's 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 our kind of consensus really. There's a few names floating around. It's, if if they are going to replace it, it's probably going to be Portugal or Turkey. But obviously, I think I speak for a lot of people in Formula One who actually work in with the teams and stuff by saying. It's probably not a good idea to have it. We should just leave it as it is. 23 races is a hell of a lot. And we have some new ones as well added into that, like Las Vegas and stuff, which will, you know, we'll see what it's like. It'll be interesting at least. But mm. yeah, I'm not overly optimistic about that one personally. <laughs> uh, me neither. I'll I tell you a race I wouldn't mind seeing, but I know won't ever come back on for F1 because of what happened in the past. Hmm. Is um, Jerez in Spain? That's a yeah. Great circuit. It is a great course. circuit, but it's so narrow, though. 
Yeah. I can't imagine. Is, is that grade one? Is that on this list? Yeah, yeah, it's grade one. Of course, it's because they did testing there, didn't they? Not yeah. that long ago. Yeah, Heref's on there. Heref, Barcelona, Aragon, uh, well, two Aragon layouts, three Aragon layouts, wow. Four Aragon layouts. Every it's, layout yeah. of the Aragon track is it's a great one. Well, it's, it's like if you look at um, Paul Ricard and, and Bahrain, you know, because he because he they've got like four or five, or I think I think um, Paul Ricard's got about six layouts, and they're all grade one layouts. But, but mind you, has, hasn't Paul Ricard got something like 167 different configurations? And they still couldn't find an entertaining one. <laughs> oh, I'm looking it up now. It's it's on here. Yeah, F- five of the layouts are grade one, uh, and there's a total of God. I've got to see this somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I might have been making that number up, but I'm sure I heard it was something like that. I, I remember hearing that as well. There's yeah. there's so many different. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm just looking at all the lap records here. There's a lot. There's dozens, at least. Yeah. And that's before people start taking liberties to track limits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a there's a hell of... I mean, I don't think we've run through the calendar properly on this show, so I might as well go through that. So we start in Bahrain, then we head to Saudi Arabia, uh, then it's Australia, Azerbaijan, Miami, Imola, Emilia Romano, however you want to say that one, uh, Monaco, Spain, Canada, Austria, UK, Hungary, Belgium. Then a summer break after um, after Belgium. Surprisingly, it's not the it's gone the other side for once, which is a bit weird. And then we then we head to the Netherlands, Italy, Singapore, Japan, Qatar, USA, Mexico, uh, Sao Paulo, aka the Brazilian Grand Prix, Las Vegas, and then Abu Dhabi. And Las Vegas to Abu Dhabi is a week, just over eight days, technically, because the race is being held on a Saturday. In Las Vegas, and for the Why? listeners, yeah, for the listeners there, Tom had his uh, his head in his hands there. Um, this, this yeah. I don't, I don't get it. They have right, they have a four week break effectively between. I mean, I know it's summer break, but a four week break between Belgium and the Netherlands, which are next door to one another. Like, F yeah, <laughs> but they have a week between Las Vegas and Abu Dhabi, and, and, and like you, and like you said when we were talking earlier, it's not even a week because the drivers have to be there. By the Wednesday to do media duties, teams have mm-hmm. to be there by late on the Tuesday to start setting up. It's, it's just like it's bonkers. It, it's just mad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I thought the circuit that I'd like to see back um, because it made a fleeting appearance in 2020, and it caused absolute scenes, as the kids <laughs> say, um, when we when we had a race there, Mugello. Yeah. Yeah, I know of quite a few people, including um, including our F1 expert Alex Booth, who uh, has said that he'd rather Mugello be on the calendar than Imola. And to an extent, I agree with that. I don't think either of them are ideal for F1, to be honest, yeah. but they're definitely better than a lot of other offerings. But uh, yeah, Mugello, oh my God, that that's a hell of a track. And yeah, for the people who didn't see that race in 2020, we actually, I'm sure we've, we, yeah, we definitely covered it. We would have done. Um, um, there, were, there were two red flags, I think, weren't there? Yeah, wasn't it, wasn't it two red flags, three safety car periods? 
Probably. Like that. Yeah, we, we had we had three standing starts. I know that much because we had the race restart. We then had we then had the standing start after the first red flag, um, and we then had another red flag after Stroll's um, Stroll's tire just exploded and he went flying into the wall. Yeah, it's a hell of a track, and um, it's not really changed since I think the seventies. They said in terms of the layout, so the corners are extremely high speed Isn't yeah def- by ferrari as well i don't know i know they've got fiorano which is a grade one circuit believe it or not um which i didn't expect can't host the grand prix though because it's too short as you pointed out before we start recording you got to be at least three kilometers and that's just under um let's have a look let's see let's see if michello is uh, there it is up to drama de Mugello. who owns it though not sure. Fry may well own it. It wouldn't surprise me too much. Um, you think they would have a race there pretty common, though, like pretty regularly for F1 if Ferrari owned it? Yeah, uh, Ferrari do own it. They do? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, beautiful track. Amazing track and a beautiful part of the world as well. And yeah. it would be amazing to see F1 back there. I think, I, think it's a, I think it's a shame they've not really used it much at all for F1. I, I mean, I've got to be honest, I'd be quite happy to, to have like three or four weeks of back-to-back races in Italy, I'd take a month off work and I would I would I would drive all the way down. I'd drive, you know, honestly, I'd drive all the way down in my M3. I would love it. I would stay overnight, drive drive through the Alps on, on the way down. I'd then spend the days in between in between the races, maybe check my emails for, for work, wiggle them out, take it, make it look like I'm doing work, go for lunch in a vineyard and then drive drive to a drive to a hotel. Oh my god! Could you imagine? That'd be a hell of a trip. That'd be a hell sorry, of a trip. I, sorry, sorry. I just woken up. I think I had a dream then that I could do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, no, that, yeah. That, that, that something like that would be incredible. But yeah, that's uh, no, that's uh, that's not going to happen, is it? Um, Can't see him doing it. You know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised to see Imola sticking around. You know, pleasantly surprised, I should say. I'm happy to see it keep sticking around. I didn't think it'd become permanent. I just didn't see two races in Italy happening like this, but we've got it. We've got three races in America next year. Well, that one makes sense in a way because they just paid for it effectively. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's not a surprise. Oh, God. That's very true, and 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 also America is so big that having a race in Miami is very different from the race in Texas, which is very different from the race in Las Vegas. You imagine? Yeah, let's see what those have to offer, but. I'm a, I'm I'm still remaining skeptical about that race in Las Vegas. Me too. Um, they've changed the layouts a bunch of times as well, which is um, never a great sign. I've seen some simulations of it. If it's anything like what it's what it's like on our factor or whatever they're using for it, um, it's going to be really quick. There's there's I think there's four straights or something where they're doing over 200 miles an hour, um, and that's without a slipstream. It's just one guy going around a track on a game. But imagine with a slipstream of DRS. It's gonna, there's, yeah, there's going to be some safety uh, concerns, I think, with something like that. But, you know, these are the best drivers. Well, these are most of the best drivers in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, Lutifi's gone now. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, go Tifi. What a legend. You'll be missed. Um, yeah. If you have, by the way, if people that are listening now, if you haven't checked out our driver grade yet, we did go through all 20 drivers from uh, last season, 2022, as we always do. We do it twice a season. This was our full season grades and, you know, gave our opinions on everybody's uh, 
2022 campaigns and what we can kind of look forward to this year coming up. Um, yeah, I think I think we've gone through pretty much all the re- more realistic options. Uh, but yeah, let, let us know. Tweet us at F1 Chronicle if you want to give your opinions on um, which you'd like to see or if any. I mean, if you're with us and you think that we should just have a break or or whatever, you know, just let us know. Let us know in the comments on YouTube or you can look us up on Facebook as well. We're posted on there. Just look for F1 Chronicle and all those bad boys and just give your take at the end of the day. You know, we'll have to see what happens. There's a lot of options out there for them. Um, some better, some definitely better than others. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to hear your guys' opinions on that. But yeah, Tom, anything you want to plug? Uh, just F1 Chronicle. Go F1 Chronicle. Yeah. yeah. We've got a lot of uh, we've got a lot of new features and a lot of things that we're bringing to the table for for next year. I'm not sure when exactly this show is going to go out. When I say next year, I mean 2023. Um, as we're recording this, it is still 2022, so I'm saying next year. Um, but we'll see when the show actually comes out. But yeah, we've got some more fireside interviews coming up. We've got some uh, got some new got some new formats as well. But we'll let you know about all those. Some very exciting things on the cards, isn't there? Yeah, we've got um we've got a lot of exciting things coming up next year. Um yeah, and not just in the F1 space. So it's uh it's gonna be a good year, I think, mate. Yeah, stay tuned for all that. So yeah, if you haven't checked us out on all these platforms before, here they are for you. Uh, we're available on YouTube, we're available on Amazon Fire, Spotify. Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, Omni Studio, and Pocket Cast. And if you're a SkyQ or a SkyGlass customer, you can look us up on there as well. You can find us in the F1 podcast sections, and it'll take you to the Spotify page, I believe it is, on there. So, yeah, you can get us wherever you are in the world uh, with all that all that stuff. And, yeah, and obviously we'll be bringing you, we'll bring you live uh, qualifying and uh, race reviews, as well as previews for every race as well. As it stands, there's 23 of them, so that's 69 shows plus all of the mid-season driver grades, all the interviews and all of everything else. I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see us top over 100 shows next year alone. So there's going to be a lot of content for you guys to uh, to listen to wherever you are in the world. And and yeah, and if you want to check out, want to support us, you can go over to our Patreon, Stefan Grid Talk on there. And you can check out our merchandise as well. Like the shirt that I'm wearing now, you can go and get it from our champion range of merch. That's f1chronicle.com forward slash store so yeah tom thank you for joining me on this uh utterly dreadful <laughs> tuesday afternoon here <laughs> here in the uk <laughs> that's, that's all right mate well we're in that weird limbo phase in between christmas and new year where it's like what day is it is it you know is it 10 a.m can i open the celebrations kind of thing so <laughs> absolutely yeah the the one the one time of the year where we all pretty much refer to it as the actual day number rather than the day of the week but yeah i'll see you on the 28th not, not. I'll see you on Wednesday. Wednesday. Well, yeah, yeah, because it's like this year is Wednesday the twenty eighth. Is it the twenty seventh? Is it Christmas Day? It's like who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows by this point? Oh yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you all for listening and watching wherever you are in the world. Uh, yeah. Hope you all, hope you've all had a lovely Christmas period, and uh, yeah, we'll see you in the new year. Thank you very much for joining us. Goodbye. <laughs>